Money, 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 ding, ding. Always funny, ding, ding. In the, oh my gosh. I can't even remember that ABBA lyrics, but yes, this episode is all about money. But more importantly, your money mindset. This is a topic that I love to talk about, that I am learning so much more about myself. Because basically, we all have limiting beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors around money that we have picked up since we were children that may still be affecting us now and holding us back from earning more money, receiving more money, being abundant. And that is why we are diving all into your money archetype in this episode of the Untapped podcast. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this Untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Emily King is a wealth and abundance coach for entrepreneurial women and the founder of the Rich Women Signature Coaching Program. Since 2015, she's worked with hundreds of women to help them create a loving relationship with money so they can massively increase their income and impact. Armed with an MBA and certifications as an NLP practitioner, timeline therapist and Pilates instructor, yes, all those things, Emily brings the perfect mix of manifesting woo and business chops to the table to help women across the world live their best rich women's lives, a life of financial freedom, fulfillment and fun. So if that sounds good to you, then this is definitely the episode to dive into. In it, we talk about, obviously, Emily's journey to how she has gotten into this business and all the work that she's done around this, as well as how to uncover your money personality and use it to take forward action or manifesting as an action word. And basically, we talk about recognizing your money mindset issues that are holding you back and what you can do about it. Plus, we talk through the different money archetypes, I reveal mine, and what this means for you and how you can use it to your advantage. So without further ado, let's dive in, shall we? Emily King, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am super thrilled to dive into some awesome topics today, especially around women and their money mindset. But before we do that, can you let people know how you get paid to be you? From day one, I've been very much aligned with this is how I want to get paid to be me. And that's teaching people around money mindset and wealth and abundance coaching. So I love that question because for me, for so long, I resisted doing that. So my business is called The Rich Woman. And I was really scared. Yeah, I was, I was, I remember sitting, right. And so I remember sitting down with my coach one day and saying like, I had this idea to like call myself The Rich Woman, but like, I don't know, will I be judged? And she's like, go for it. Like, like, and it's funny because ever since then, like the business just took off because it just resonated so deeply with people where I feel like money and growth and as women, it's just such like a taboo topic. Mm. So I love that I've stepped into that for myself. 
Yeah, and I was going to say, I also love that rich has so many different meanings, right? It's not just related to money. It can be rich in your feelings, in your own abundance, in your happiness. You can just feel rich from the freedom that you have. So that's awesome. And what had you been doing before you did that and took that leap and just went, the rich woman, here it is? Before that, it was a couple combination of things. So I'll leave the, the long story for another time. But essentially, I was working a nine to five with my father's contracting company. And I was doing project management estimating, which was totally left field because my undergrad was in music and my master's was in business. So it was totally unrelated. I actually took over for an engineer's job. I was like, dad, you sure about this? Yeah. He's like, you'll be fine. (laughs) I was actually quite happy doing project management, estimating and working with all these contractors. And I kind of fell into coaching by accident because I was in a tough spot myself. And I came across the name of someone who did coaching and I was like, okay, let's give this coaching thing a try. And the more I got into it, it just felt like so right. Like all this mindset stuff and visualization and affirmations, like all that I just soaked up and I got really good at it. So in particular around money was I did things like created a hundred thousand dollars cash in my mid twenties by doing like a new home build where I had no idea what I was doing, but I just went in blindly did this home build, sold it and made $100,000 cash, which yeah, I had set it on my vision board. And so long story short, after I started doing this and just complete 180 in my life and feeling so good, my coach at the time, like pushed me off the branch, so to speak, and was like, go on, go fly and go teach others how to do this. So I did some coaching training and decided to start my own business back in 2015. So I had dabbled. It was very much the hobby business rather than the actual business. So I had dabbled for the first year and a half or so just doing random life coaching, like come one, come all kind of thing. (laughs) And then in August of 2016 was when I gave myself an ultimatum because I had really been annoying myself in my lack of efforts, I should say. And uh, my, I was going to say my willingness to hide. Yeah. My inability to stand out. And so in August of 2016, I hired a premium coach, I'll say, and just decided, I said, if I don't get a new client by the end of this month, I'm shutting down my business. And I was very serious. And by the end of that month, I signed on five new clients. So that whole year, January to August, I had made $97. Wow. Thank you for being so honest about that. That's Yeah. (laughs) It was like really like doing nothing. And so August of that year, signing five clients at the time, my package was a thousand bucks. So I made $5,000 next month, same thing. The following month, I finally decided to put out a group program that I had sat on for like over a year and it sold out. And so I made over $20,000 and then it's just like, yeah, as they say, you know, the rest is history, but it really was for me that, that line in the sand of I'm doing this or I'm not, but like, this is the decision point here now. And so I decided to move forward and yeah, here we are. (laughs) I'm so curious about so many things I want to dig in on that whole story. And I know it was the shortened version is dabbling. It's such a thing, right? And it's not just a woman related thing that at which point are you going to step into your greatness and really go for it with this business? So you kindly shared very transparently that you dabbled for like over about 18 months Was it that you got pissed off at yourself? Was it that kind of frustration of like, really, I know I could be doing so much more that got you to take that action? Yes. So for a year and a half, yeah, like you say, 18 months-ish, 
I was talking the talk and walking no walk. Well, maybe like tiptoeing along a border (laughs) or something, but like definitely not marching down that boardwalk. And I had even gone to like a Tony Robbins event that was in June of 2016 down in Texas. So I was there and I was doing the rah-rah and I did the fire walk and all that. And I came home and still I wasn't doing anything. And so it like pissed me off. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, we are. We just okay. <laughs> and I changed that we cursed. It's totally good. <laughs> okay. Because I came up with a saying, mindset without action is bullshit. And so that came from realizing I was doing the journaling, I was doing the visualizing and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I was not moving myself forward. Like I had even posted on Facebook because this is before Instagram days. I'm going to do this free money challenge, you know, stay tuned, everyone. Blah, blah. And that was like January of 2016. Didn't do anything with it. <laughs> like, And that was the $20,000 program that was leading into this. So I sat on a multi five figure idea for months, like overthinking it all. What exactly will I say? And what will people think? And what if my teacher from high school watches this? Like all the most ridiculous stuff. (laughs) And so so relevant, right? So many people experience that. I'm really glad you're being really honest about it because that's what we do. Like who cares about the teacher from high school? Even if you like it, should probably be like, you go girl. But you're saying, is she going to see me as a fraud or a fake? Yeah. Cause like they know you as, I guess your high school identity or whoever you were back then. And not that there's anything wrong with who I was, but it's just, we bloom and blossom and create these lives. And so I was like, Oh my God, they're going to think what the hell is Emily doing on Facebook live talking about money mindset and all this judgment. It was all self-judgment really. In August, I remember very clearly asking the universe to show me who I was meant to work with next. And the very next day I came across the name of a woman. I knew her from a past group program that we had been a part of together, a coaching program. And I really loved her vibe and her energy. And I had watched some of her freebies and I was like, I really like this woman, but on her website, it said she was full. So I reached out to her in her DM and I said, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a one-on-one coach. And she's like, yeah, let's have a call tomorrow. So we had a call and she told me the price. And it was like, at the time with the currency conversion, it was like $3,000 a month for me which was not in the, and this was like a four month investment. So it was like $12,000 for a person who had made $97 a whole year from their business. But in my heart of hearts, I just knew, like I said, yes, before I could even think about the investment. <laughs> and I remember hanging up the phone being like, oh shit, <laughs> like, I got money for the first payment, but like, I don't know where the rest of it's coming from. But for me, that was very much a motivator to like light that fire under me and get myself out there. And so mm-hmm. From that point on, I stopped overthinking stuff. I think overthinking is such a killer of dreams where so true. Like we stop ourselves before we even start. And that's what I had been doing. And so really with that ultimatum I gave myself with the financial investment, that August, I was just like taking action before my ego could even catch up to say, No, 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 why don't you think about this or do or wait on that? So that's what changed everything was just like the velocity of the action that I took. So, yeah, I love that. And I just love that you shared it. So raw and honest, it's awesome because I just hope that everybody's listening can so, so relate. I have a whole chapter in my new book, Suck It Up Princess, on you are not your (laughs) ego because I think my ego gets in the way a lot. And I think a lot of people think that ego is this self-like fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so kick-ass. But for a lot of people, it's this highly critical thing inside you that's like you can't possibly think you're going to do that or taking things super personal when something doesn't go quite right yeah and we do just need to ignore it often we need to come from a place of service of 
all the people we can help of just stepping into like what is the possibility if I jump into this opportunity and do it and get you and all your feelings out of the way so you can focus on what you want to do and who you want to help so I love that that's kind of the path you took and I also really appreciate you invested in yourself and this is something Mm. I'd love to talk about before we get into all your goodness and money (laughs) mindset tips is how important is that I hear that so much from people who take the leap they hired a coach or they got a mentor or they joined Mm. a program and what do you think it is I mean I can talk to what I think it is but what do you think it is specifically in just even taking that action that helps people suddenly get out of their own way well I have kind of two thoughts on it Cause I've seen both sides of the coin. Well, not for myself, but from other clients. So I know me personally, I have this kind of gut feeling that I know when I know when I know that something's right. So be it a $10,000 investment, be it even a hundred dollar investment. I just know like, okay, this is what I meant to step into. Like, I'll give a quick story last fall. Yeah. Last fall is November. This pair that I follow there, this business couple over there. They had this membership opening teaching you how to do mini workshops. And I've done a million mini workshops. I've sold them. Like I've had great success, but there was something about their energy where it's like, I know how to do what they're teaching, but I just want to be a part of their group and their community because there's something about them. So off I go and I pay the $2,000 to join their group for the year. And I remember even like hitting the buy button being like, why am I doing this? Like, (laughs) this doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the thing. Ego, ego is the logical mind a lot of the time, whereas intuition is that heart centered place where things might not make sense. So anyways, I signed up for this membership and I just do a quick post in their Facebook group. Hey, everyone. So glad to be here. Like, can't wait to dive into it. That's it. No pitching. No, go find me at my website. Like nothing at all. Just, Hey, glad to be here. That very day, I see a call book in for a one-on-one consult. And anyhow, the next day, this woman who was in the group, who happened to see my post, who went and creeped me, she ended up being a one-on-one client. And my one-on-one is my premium package. So it's a five-figure investment. She was a stranger just 24 hours prior. And this woman has since gone on to sign on again. So that $2,000 investment led me to an incredible client that I've been working with since December of last year. And so it was just like, no wonder the logic couldn't make sense of it. My heart knew because it's like, oh, you need to connect with this woman. So for me, why it works, it just, it puts some skin in the game or money in the game, I guess, so to speak. And so for me, it works and I show up now, my money personality is an accumulator. So Mm. I get very much safety from money. And so if I'm going to spend it, you bet that I'm going to spend it wisely and be like, okay, I'm going to make this work worth every penny and show up to every call and read everything they tell us to read, like all. And I've been like that since day one of my coaching journey. So that's been my journey, but I want to go to the other side of the coin, which is sometimes I've heard stories from others feeling so disappointed in themselves because it's almost like they feel that in investing in someone or something that that automatically is going to get them results. And so they just think if I just throw money at this thing, then fingers crossed, please God, this works. Yeah. Right. So I feel like with investing, people need to come back to that trust within themselves that, cause I've had programs before where in that moment, the investment quote unquote, like didn't work out. I didn't get the result that was guaranteed or not guaranteed, but like sought after, or it wasn't the experience I had thought it was going to be. But I always look at the bigger picture of What am I taking from this, be it in this current lesson of maybe what I would do differently as a coach, or sometimes even I find like six months down the road, I circle back to that program and I'm like, oh, now I can utilize this or 
what have you. So I'm always trusting my investment. Whereas I find there are some people out there who, like I said earlier, just like fingers crossed, let me just put money in this and maybe that'll magically make me money or get me new clients or whatever. So really come down to, am I ready to step in to the woman or man or whatever it is of who is going to get this result? Like shifting your identity to get that result that you desire from the program or whatever it is that they're buying. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I totally get you that it's a bit like a gym membership, right? People pay for it (laughs) and they think, okay, cool, I'm halfway there to getting fit. But unless they set foot in that gym, there is no fitness going on. You might have given yourself a lack of guilt trip by paying up. Oh, yeah, I'm totally intending to do this. But unless you set foot in there and you commit to it, you are not going to get fitter and healthier. I invested 25K last year in myself, actually maybe a little bit more, and that's US. And I don't necessarily think I needed to, but Mm -hmm. I just knew that by putting that skin in the game, that money in the game, that I would step up and dive deep into all the things that I wanted to do. And it wasn't necessarily the people that I invested with. They were a great help. They held me accountable, but I'm pretty good at holding myself accountable. But I definitely think it was because I'd made that investment and commitment to it. I did turn up. I did go to sessions. I did learn, but it just shifted something in me that I was now ready to upgrade and take it to the next level. Whereas before, like you, I hadn't been dabbling but I was just ready and it was my time. And that's why I put my money there to say, this is a stake in the ground. I'm committing to myself. Yes. Has it paid off to that effect? For sure. I think so, because not necessarily the people, but just that, that stake in the ground and the next level mindset that I moved into, unlocking some childhood trauma, all those good things, right? Just different areas and really opening my eyes to it, I think has made me a better coach, has helped me step up in my own 10K club and just be out there more as you said, not hiding, but just really stepping into what I'm passionate about. So I think, again, you're right. The investment doesn't always pay off tangibly right there in the moment, but the long-term or the longevity of it, or even just the shift in you is sometimes Mm. the thing that you've actually paid for, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think you're bringing up kind of a theme with it, which is like the self-responsibility when Mm. investing. Because I think we give our power away and we give our results away and our journey away when we put so much power on the coach or whatever we've invested in, like they got to get me the result. And I think most, and I'm sure you can relate to this, like peers and that kind of thing that you see succeeding, they very much take responsibility for their results in any coaching program, be it a great program they've been in or something where they're like, wow, that was not what I expected, but there's always some good or some silver lining they can find in the investment. Mm, I'm so glad you said that as well, because as a coach, and I'm sure you've done the same thing, you care so deeply about the results that you want your clients Mm -hmm. to get. And for the longest time, I was like feeling responsible for them. And as a coach, you just can't do that. Like ultimately you can give them every single possible aspect to rise up and grab it, but they are the person who is going to make that change and they have to be ready for it and willing to do it. And that's why I love working with people who are so at that point, but really stepping back from that, taking the ego out again, it's not up to you as the coach. You can shine the light on them. You can show them their potential. You can give them all the roadmaps in the world, but they have to be willing to make that leap. Um, Absolutely. Which is just super exciting when they do. You mentioned before that you're an accumulator. So I would love to dive into money personalities and archetypes. Mm -hmm. Just in case people haven't come across this before, they haven't done any work around this. I know you did your certification and training, but can you talk to us a little bit more about the fact that we have a money personality and how that might be affecting how we show up, what we charge, how we spend our money, the relationship we have with it. There's so much goodness. Oh, 
Yeah, so, so much. So what I love about money personality is it makes us compassionate to how we interact with money. Whereas I feel like if we think that we're all meant to interact and work with money in the same way, we can place a lot of judgment on ourselves of like, well, how come she seems to always have savings to go on this trip or whatever? And how come I'm always dead broke and blah, 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 you know? what's wrong with me with like my retail therapy that I can't seem to give up and other people can't even seem to get out and like buy a chocolate bar or whatever it might be. So we place a lot of judgment on ourselves. So yeah, there's eight different money archetypes and to go over them real quickly. So the accumulator is that inner banker where they find the safety and the savings. (laughs) So they're that like, if they're in living in the shadow side of it, they're the penny pincher and it takes everything to get them out to spend their money. And even when they do, and this comes back to the investment piece, when they do, they can really freak themselves out of like, oh my God, I just spent a thousand dollars or 10,000, whatever it might be. And like, just really let the ego take over that investment because the ego is like, you better get every dollar out of this investment. And so I've had to work on that being the accumulator. There's the maverick, which is the inner rebel. So they're like the risk taker and high risk, high reward, weighing out their financial options. And I should preface this by saying with these archetypes, we all have components of them. Mm -hmm. But if someone goes to do the assessment, you'll get your score and you'll see that like your top three are like the most important, I would say, in kind of you as a well-rounded money personality. And then it is worthwhile to look at where you sit with the other scores of For example, I have nurture as my bottom, bottom one. And so it made me really much more understanding of people that I didn't get (laughs) around nurturing, meaning so the nurturer is very much, they are good with their money, but they feel like they need to financially be responsible for people if they're living in the shadow side. So if someone's down and out with money, they'll be the first person to chime up and say, you can borrow some from me, or they're that person that people can maybe walk all over. Maybe they're not so great with boundaries. So that used like nurture being my bottom one. It just didn't make sense to me how people could. I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? Like, this doesn't even make sense. But now understanding that that's a personality just as much as my accumulator is a personality. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm much more compassionate and understanding and less judgmental of their ways with money. So yeah, the accumulator, the nurturer, the maverick, there's a celebrity, which is that archetype that loves to be in the spotlight and shine and if they live in the shadow side, they can sometimes be like wanting to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, and be just spending their money to have the car or go on the trip or even maybe hire the best coach out there just to say, I'm working with this person or what have you. Meanwhile, their bank account is at zero or negative. And yeah, they're kind of living, yeah, living this like double life. But the lovely thing about celebrities that I love is that they are meant to shine and they're such an inspiration to so many of us. And if they can allow themselves to step into that and have the financial abundance, it's just such a win-win strategy and like, yeah, shining example of amazing humans in this world. There's a romantic that they just love the indulgence of what money could do for them. And they love the experiences and the classic saying from romantics is I deserve it. They're out for dinner and oh, let's get a glass of wine. Like I deserve it. You know, let's celebrate it. Like everything's just a celebration and luxury. And so I love romantics and their love of money and what it can do for them. I think but I have similar to that in me. I actually need to look at my archetypes again, but I definitely am like champagne bubbles to celebrate anything. Not right now while I'm pregnant, yeah. but normally my thing is let's celebrate this, even if it's a small win, because I just think we yeah. deserve it. I do think people deserve right? it. Right. We deserve it. Yeah. So I love how romantics have so much fun with their money. On the flip side of that, savings can seem 
like a discipline, like, oh my God, why don't you just tell me to go to my room and like stay there for the rest of the evening? So the savings component, if in the shadow side can feel like no fun. And then that's such a, it's like, well, what's the point even making money if I don't even get to spend it and use it and have fun with it? What other archetypes do we have? We have the connector. So kind of self, they're the connecting type person. They are the person who's everybody's friend and easy to get out there and network and that kind of stuff. And the only problem is, is that sometimes they can feel like this isn't the problem. I guess I was gonna say people matter first over money, which is true. But on the extreme side of that is where they feel bad for charging for their services because they're like, why do we need to have this money thing involved? I just want to help people and do all these wonderful things and keep this networking and all the sharing going. And why do we get this money thing involved? So the shadow side of that is obviously they're not going to make as much money in their business or maybe any at all because everyone's their friend. They're giving discounts to everyone and their dog. So yeah, they really need to empower themselves to realize that then making money allows them to do more good in the world versus less good. Yeah. I have a dear friend just quickly who is a total connector. She's an amazing networker. She just naturally brings people together. And I often used to say to her, you need to charge for this because this is a skill. (laughs) The fact that you can say, here's my Rolodex. Here are three people I'm going to introduce you to that could give you these opportunities. And for years she was doing that. And I was like, no, you actually need to charge for this. She does now and she has an amazing coaching business, but it was she didn't see it necessarily as a gift and she didn't have problem with charging. But with that, she mm. it was such a fun thing for her. She wasn't sure how to package it. So mm. just putting that out there for people listening, it is a skill that is greatly admired and not that everybody can do. And it does lead those people on to have amazing opportunities, which you've instigated and they love you for it, but you haven't reaped any of the benefit. And I think there's always some karma there that people should come back and go, hey, you made that intro. I got a book deal or I did something. Here's a little something for you. Yes. Yeah, or a big something for you. And even like, it reminds me yesterday, I had a coaching session actually with a friend of mine. And I said to her, I said, please send me an invoice for this. And she's like, you know how uncomfortable this is for me to send you an invoice. And I'm like, no, like, and she sent me an invoice. And so I paid for the session and I paid for it just before we hopped on my coaching call with her yesterday. And I said, you know, it feels so good to pay you for this. And as uncomfortable it may, may have been for her to receive, I don't know her archetypes, but I bet she definitely has a strong connector in her because she is such a people person, but it felt so good as the client to pay her and not just be that friend that she's doing this freebie for because we had such an incredible time. And I would have felt horrible knowing that we had been on the phone for like 90 minutes. I would feel bad taking up her time, you know? Yeah. And I love so, that. Yeah, then the- that for her as well. Yeah, it just felt so good. And I reached out to her today because she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'd love to book another session with you. She's like, okay. like <laughs> So for connectors, even having the mantra of like, it's safe for me to receive money for my services might be a lovely affirmation for them. And then we have the alchemists, which are similar-ish to the connector in the sense that money isn't that driving force. The alchemists are the idea generators where they could have a million ideas every single day and they may implement some of them, but they tend to get bored easily and kind of jump from thing to thing. And to your point there earlier, they may not value these ideas as much as they probably should because it's so natural to them mm. to have these ideas and have these fun ways to help people and put themselves out there. There's one thing I like to say to alchemists is the fortune is in the follow through. So seeing an idea and finding ways to fully follow it through so that you can fully serve your clients and help people And then also similar to the connector, realizing that the money is then able to support you better to invest back in your business and hire more people. Cause like, if they're all about people, then that money goes back to hiring more people. So 
yeah, I can do a world of good. And then I believe I have one left, which is the ruler, which is another one of my top archetypes, which is the inner empire builder. Mm -hmm. So we love numbers. Actually, (laughs) that was my top one. I'm really good. I'm going to get up actually while we're talking, but yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we love the numbers. We love goal setting. We love striving for bigger, like the empire builder. Right. And so we're very much an inspiration to others of possibility But I know myself, something I have to work on is the stopping to smell the roses type thing, where I am so driven by the number and the outcome that I really need to stop and be like, okay, Emily, what's wonderful about today? What do you love about your journey today and this never ending journey, really? And I have a few tools like a joy jar that I use where every night I write in it something joyful. Yeah. Yeah, Something joyful from my day. And then at the end of the month, I go back and I read them all. So it re like establishes, this has been your journey and this is how amazing you've been doing. So yeah, I think I hit all the archetypes there. Yeah. You did really, really well. So the archetypes, so we'll link to that in the show notes. You can do that assessment. I know you've done the training in it. There are lots of ways to go about it, but I think it's really important to look at that because until you know your money personality, you can't do anything about it. You can get stuck in a loop of like, why do I always bring in great money, but then spend it before I've made Mm -hmm. it. Why do I keep giving too much away and being constantly a broke ass? And once you can see that, you can see why you do that and how you can work with your strengths and your money personality type to actually be in a more abundant place. So what are some of the tips that you give when people have worked out their money personality, done that assessment, whether through you or online? What's the kind of next step? Because just as we've been talking about Understanding your personality doesn't mean you're necessarily now going to take steps to remedy it. Just like yeah. buying a gym subscription doesn't mean you're suddenly going to turn up at the gym. So mm-hmm. what are some of the favorite things that you love to do with your clients to actually get them to, okay, lean into that and make the most of it? Okay. Well, one, I like that it just helps you understand who you are to begin with, because then from there, so say the gym example, like I know myself, I'll show up to the gym because if I'm paying for something, I'm going to show up. Whereas I know of friends of mine who have literally paid for a gym membership for like years and maybe stepped foot in there like three times the entire duration, right? So they'll need a different strategy where maybe they need an accountability partner or maybe they need to get the upgrade where they pay for the trainer so that they actually do show up to their gym membership. So once we understand our money personalities, then I guess it's kind of a client by client basis. Then having that foundation, I then know how to go in with a strategy that works for them. So for example, I have a client of mine who her top two are nurturer and connector. So she's very much about the people, very much about the giving. And at one point, really strongly living in the shadow side, we're like, no boundaries, letting client calls go for like two, two and a half hours when they're meant to be 60 minutes, letting people reach out to her at like nine o'clock at night for impromptu help and very unmotivated by money. And so me having the ruler, the accumulator in me, the maverick, very much like, oh, I love numbers and I love setting financial goals. Knowing that she was basically completely opposite of me, we threw all financial goals out the window. Like I didn't set one financial goal with her, which really goes against my grain, (laughs) but I knew it wouldn't work for her. And it was just what feels fun to you, like, and what's feeling heavy. And so we started to lean, like we ended up canceling her membership that she had for years. Cause it was like this, well, I feel bad and I feel like I should help everyone. And there are some, and she was doing it for next to nothing, busting her ass <laughs> to get all the content out. So it was like, let's let that go. Cause that feels really heavy. But I would say with any archetype, there's going to be 
an area that's going to be different depending what your archetype is that is going to require you to get uncomfortable. So I know for this client, the boundaries thing was huge for her. Whereas me boundaries, I'm like, yes, give me boundaries all day, every day. Like without them, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm not saying. So for her, it was understanding like boundaries are going to feel more difficult for you and more challenging than it will for me. And that's okay. And it doesn't make you a bad person. So here's a small step of like, just if a client reaches out to you at nine o'clock at night, just say, thanks so much for this. Let's check back in on this tomorrow and perhaps book you in for a session, you know, just like giving the little scripts and that kind of stuff to help her adjust. And I think the big thing is letting them know that it's okay for it to feel uncomfortable because if they're waiting for it to feel comfortable to make these changes, depending on their archetype and what help they need, they're going to be waiting forever. And so if yours is, I know you mentioned, you think it's a ruler. So if you and I are both rulers, well then we might need to do something like plan celebrating or plan vacations a little better or plan that like we'll do the joy jar or something like that to really take in our journey instead of just the go, 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 go. And maybe plan our work days or our work weeks better. Because I know for me, it's left my own device. I could work a 12 hour day if I really wanted to. So I really have to make myself step back, like go for the walk or go, like I have a quilting class tonight. (laughs) Go to your, right. Go to your quilting class. So totally random. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I really instigated sorry I instigated my freedom Friday several years ago so it's just my day to myself so I can learn I can go to campus I can take myself off for a hike but it's my day every so often something will creep in it but that's it's on me and I've taken responsibility for that and I love weekend getaways right now with our baby coming up we're having baby moons which is you know fancy hotel in town going to the theater play just taking complete time out, decadent massages, yum, yum. And so yes. I actually think I've become really good at that because I do appreciate and I'm grateful for all the little things in life. But yes, actually blocking those into your calendar and putting them in as rewards and incentives, especially mm-hmm. for the ruler archetype. Yeah. So I guess long story to answer your question, there's no one like, okay, this is what all clients have to do after taking this, but I think it's just in understanding yourself better just knowing that like, okay, these tend to be my challenges that I'm going to come up against. And so based off of that, what do I feel is my best next step? So for you and I, like we said, booking something into the calendar for someone, it might be setting time boundary, I should say with their clients, maybe on their next call, challenging themselves to really hit the 60 minute mark on their coaching call. And, you know, at 55 minutes saying, okay, we have five minutes left. So is there anything left you'd like to share, you know, really being proactive about their next steps versus hoping and fingers crossed that someday it just works out. Yeah, I love that. And I'm sure you've seen with your clients and people who are really understanding this, that those incremental aha moments and gains and understanding then allow them to work towards price increases or Mm -hmm. better structured days, as you said, or feeling more abundant because I'm sure for many women in particular who give, 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 and we do, we give, 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 there's a tipping point at which we're like, ah, enough. Mm -hmm. Like I've been sucked dry of my energy, my abundance, my goodness, my giving, my generous nature. And then you get into a place of like negativity and criticism and just like feeling unwanted and all those things, which we don't ever want anybody to get to versus this place that you're in and I'm in, which is a beautiful place to be, but it does require work of What's next? What amazing opportunity is going to come my way? What have I manifested? What's on my vision board? I'm looking behind my laptop. How am I stepping into that? How am I moving towards that? Does it still feel aligned? Does it light me up? Am I excited by it? 
I don't know if we ask ourselves these questions enough. We kind of get stuck in the detail or the day-to-day grind and we don't elevate out of that to take some time out to work on our mindset and imagine what's possible for us. Do you have any tips around some simple ways to do this? As you were saying that, I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, one of the easiest things is just to ask yourself daily, what feels heavy and what feels light, like straight up. And actually, if someone wants to take it a step further, I know it might sound a bit like woo-woo or maybe you need some sort of special intuitive skill, but you don't. Where actually everyone listening now can take one thing, maybe it's that they're perhaps thinking about doing, not sure, or maybe something coming up in their calendar and just check in, like if they're not driving the car or whatever, close their eyes for a moment and just ask themselves, okay, let's just say I want to do a new workshop next month or yeah, next month on raising your rates. So I might take a moment just to close my eyes and ask myself, okay, raising your rates workshop, does this feel heavy or does this feel light? And internally checking with your body to literally feel, does your body feel like it's getting weighed down or does it feel more expansive? Sometimes when people do this, they feel like they're making up their answer. Like, I don't know, I think it feels heavier. Perfect. Go with your gut on it. But that's not to say if it comes back, okay, this feels heavy. That's not to say... I can't do the pricing workshop or raise your rates workshop. It just then gives you that space to dig even deeper. Okay. What feels heavy about it? Is it the timeline? Is it the sales page that I feel like I have to do? So just digging even deeper to ask yourself what feels heavy about this and just giving yourself a moment just to feel into the different areas of whatever the decision is. And then asking your intuition, how can you support me? Or how can I allow myself to feel supported on this? Or how can I allow myself to feel lighter about this? So really going inwards to check in with that lightness, the heaviness, and taking that intuitive moment. And if people practice this and they feel crappy at it for a week, so be it. Just keep practicing it because intuition and finding that flow and alignment that we hear of so often really is a muscle that gets practiced. Like the gym, the more you work it out, the better it gets. So if you suck for a week, a month, even checking in, Mm -hmm. that's okay. But at least you're planting that seed of I'm checking with myself to feel what really lights me up and what really doesn't light me up anymore. And like I mentioned earlier, ego tends to be very logistical of things. Like I even know last year I had my membership and it brought me in like $60,000 a year. It was doing well, very nice recurring income each month. I mean, give or take some people leave, some people come in, but give or take, it was bringing in like 60,000 plus a year in which I had the opportunity to grow. But my gut was just like, this feels so heavy. Hmm. And it didn't logically make any sense because I'm like, well, that recurring income each month definitely feels good. (laughs) Yeah. But at the end of the day, it felt so heavy. And so I made a logical decision to let it go. And then that very next month, I had a six-figure month in my business. So it just goes to show like your intuition knows better. It knows what you need to release to create the space to receive more. Mm, I love that. And coming from that feeling place is something that I think women naturally do really well, but we've been often living in a man's world, which is often all head-based. And we've kind of taken on a lot of those tendencies and we forget to just step back into literally that feeling, that tingling sensation in your body. I know I can get very head-based and when I actually just, as you said, shut your eyes, feel into it, I'm like, ooh, that's what's really (laughs) happening here. 
which does take practice, as you said. And so if you suck at it for a week, just so be it, like keep <laughs> leaning into it. Because I think we've gone so far to the other side of that, that we are literally living in this logical, decision-based, rational. And yeah. that's useful and great when you've got numbers and stats and I'm all for science and reading off the numbers. But a huge part of what makes us successful is that instinct and that, mm. you know, that maverick tendency or that gut style of just trusting in yourself making the right decisions and really feeling into it. And you're right. Like I stopped doing one-to-one coaching many years ago because as much as I love one-to-one coaching, you certainly do. I just was like, there's a better way for me to serve more people. So for me, Mm. memberships are it and I love it. And my next thing that I'm leaning into in my 10K club is bringing on other coaches, which is a first for me ever. I've always, the ego's here. It's like, but I'm the coach. And actually really (laughs) excited about the expansion of bringing in other kick-ass women to coach and bring in their energies, skills, perspectives, nuances that I don't necessarily have to make it an even richer experience. So yes, that feels like if I actually shut my eyes and think about that, I'm excited about that. And in the yes. past, that's not been either something I've thought about or it's felt like heavy. So things can change as well, right? Like things that yeah. maybe did feel heavy can feel lighter and it all depends on what you're stepping up into and your perspective on it mm-hmm. and a space and time in your life, which is exciting. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, tapping inwards or going inwards every day I meditate because it brings me back to my whole self. It brings me back into that feminine energy, what feels good to me and my intuition. And this morning I wrote, I've been putting human restraints on God's ability to perform massive miracles in overflow. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, if someone can replace it with the universe's ability to perform, but I realized that, you know, a block that had been coming up for me recently was getting so logical on what can and can't happen for me. And so my aha this morning after my meditation was, okay, let's take off the human restraint, i.e. the logical, what I think can and can happen and allow the universe to come on in with the massive miracles and overflow that's possible for me, but it can't happen if I'm so stuck in my brain and the logical step-by-step of reaching my goals. So it was just such like this liberating moment in my meditation that I just thought I might share with your audience. Sharing And totally like, if you think about it, nothing amazing ever came out of logical, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and not in a bad way, because we need the logic as well. But that can be for your operations person, your online business manager. You know, that can be what you build your team for so that you can stay in this place of expansive thinking and what's possible and then have that driven down into the logistical, methodical, like next steps of how do we operationalize this or put this out there just for people thinking, you know, as you said, the ideas person needs to stay in that idea space and build the right team around them to be able to act on all those things which is awesome. Sorry, you're going to say something. I was going to say something real quick is my theme for this year is believe bigger, but something I've realized in stepping into that theme is in order to believe bigger, you have to ask bigger. Mm. And I feel that so often we hold ourselves back from asking for the bigger, like the beyond imagination bigger, because we ask for what we think is possible. And if we keep asking for what we think is logically possible, we'll always stay in our neat and tidy box and not really expand into just complete overflow for ourselves. And so I think that's something for everyone to maybe just to practice with of actually in one of my meditations that I created, one of the things I do is I ask people, I say, okay, think of a number that you would love to manifest this month, be it 10,000, 50,000, whatever it is. Okay. Think of the number. Perfect. Now double it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just double it. It's like, whoa. Okay. So if you pick 50,000, then you go to a hundred thousand. It's like, whoa, whoa, that's a completely different energy. 
So to your listeners, I just suggest just for the manifesting and the fun of getting into this intuitive possibility space is taking any of your goals or all of them for that matter. And just asking yourself, it could be even just the energy of it or the attendance or whatever it might be. If I double this, what's the energy of that space for me? And lean more into that. Not saying you have to double the goal and go for it because somebody might get to self-sabotage then, but just what does that energy feel like of the believing bigger, of the asking for bigger? And that's how you get the big things. I mean, I know from personal experience, that's how I got the $100,000 cash years ago because I asked for beyond limitation uh, things. Yeah. So... Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I want to come back to the meditations because I know that's a gift that you have for the listeners. But you just remind me of a guy that I met several years ago when I'd had my first multiple six-figure launch in the suitcase entrepreneur business. And he was like, that's amazing. Could you get this business to a million? Because I just had that launch and I was in that place. I was like, yeah, I can see how I could get there, right? I have a partner. Mm-hmm. He's like, cool. Could you 10 times that? Could you get to 10 million? And I went, and I just remember saying, <laughs> going, well, Yes, if I scaled and did this, it would be possible. He's like, cool, could you take it to 100 minutes? Like, I don't even know. Like, I haven't even, it was just such a straightaway. I was like, mm, no, don't even know. Like, it wasn't that I was dissing it, but I was like, don't even know or how to figure that out. But I really love that thinking because, as you said before, doubling it is even pretty full on for people. But when you're around other people who are thinking five, 10 levels ahead of you, what it does yeah. is pull you into their expansiveness. And even if you land here, yes. it's still probably way more than where you were thinking back over here in this logical brain. Yeah. So I love that you said that. And I wanted to add that story to highlight because when you get to that point, you'll know when you've hit your limit. And actually that's a great place to push past, you know, a million mm. doesn't seem scary. 10 million seemed pretty oof, but a hundred <laughs> was like, Mm-mm. but cool. Yeah, so let's... I can work within that realm. Great. Yeah. hundred million was on Mars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could talk forever, I know, so we'll definitely have you back on the podcast, but I know that you have something pretty special for the listeners, which I'm a big believer in meditations. I've been meditating every single day, especially around a natural birth. And, you know, I just think you can meditate on all sorts of things that you want and need in your life right now. But I believe that you've got some pretty cool meditations that we're able to access. Yeah. So years ago, I started creating meditations just because I was like, well, this is something on my mind. I think I could help people with meditation. Anyways, it took off where actually as part of my past membership, it started because people were like, we want more of your meditation. So I uh, built up a whole library of like 35 plus meditations in there now to help people. But to gift something just to get people started, I took three of my fan favorites and made a manifesting meditation bundle. So there's three meditations in there. There's one that's short and sweet, just a little five minute one. And then I think the other two are around like 10 minutes ish, but they're just a great way to get started with meditation, to come back to yourself. Like I said, like come back to your whole self. And I just eat up meditation every day because I just know how beneficial it is for my mindset to keep me in check, to get me out of that doing, doing, doing mode and just come back to what feels good. What feels aligned? What needs to be let go of? What do I need to embrace? All that goodness. It's also yeah, a so special they, treat for yourself, I think. Here's going back to that. I deserve this. It's like your moment to just spend space and time within yourself, within everything, and just being really present. So when you said yeah. you just eat it up, I just felt like going nom, nom, nom. Eat up that. <laughs> I don't know why they're going to be nom, nom, nom. I'm hungry. So where is the best place for people to find that and also reach out and thank you for your deliciousness in this interview today? Yeah. So if they go to my website, therichwoman.ca, it's right on the homepage, the three meditations they can download. 
And if they want to check me out on Instagram, it's Emily King Co. Co. So they can reach out to me there and message me and just say hello that they heard me here and all that goodness. And yeah, I'm always on Instagram every day doing stories and all that goodness. So I'd love to see him over there. Yeah, I'd love for them to tag us both in that with a screenshot of where they're listening to this in or an aha moment they had or even just the episode on their phone. That'd be really fun. So then we actually know that you've been tuning in and just let us know what resonated for you. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been a blast. I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits with our ruler archetypes and all the good things and just how we're consistently investing in ourselves and learning from others and just wanting to level up and live the best life and get the most out of it and also do the same for others. So I really appreciate that about you. Yes, you too. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Untap podcast. If you want to hear more around this topic, then good news because I'm going to be covering off on it a lot more. I am already bringing more of it into my 10K club. And even better news, if you have been considering joining this beautiful membership of women from around the world who are all on a mission to get to 10k months and beyond and 10x growth in themselves, then this is a fantastic time to join. For several reasons, we have an incredible new membership site, which has made it so much easier and clearer to access not only our beautiful masterclasses, one of which Emily is going to be holding later in September, all about money mindset, whoop, whoop, but also our moaching calls. Yes, you heard me correct. Mentoring and coaching calls that are really really amazing for honing in on your unique challenges and giving you both practical advice, but also the tools that you need to solve these problems by yourself. The support of the Queens and the incredible community, we call ourselves the Queens. It's a global community of women around the world. And all of us are on a mission to make more income and impact. So if you believe it's time to be held accountable, to be coached, to really master the skills to take your business to the next level and at the same time your own mindset, then this is a place for you to be. And I am thrilled there is so much new energy in the club right now, but it is still small enough and intimate enough for you to be personally held and challenged and supported and loved and to make the real results that you've been waiting for. Check it out at nataliesisson.com forward slash 10k. That is one zero K and know that you're going to get a whole lot of goodness from Emily in coming months, as well as Kate Doster, who is teaching on all about how to explode your email list growth and so many other amazing topics that we're going to be covering in the club over the next few months. So nataliesisson.com forward slash 10 K would love for you to apply and join the club. That's it from me. I want you to tap into your potential, get paid to be you and have an amazing week ahead. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a girlfriend that could really do with figuring out her money mindset issues and how to get past them and really move into the next level of abundance.